You're listening to the Turnout Podcast with Brooke and Alyssa. This is a podcast where we share experiences submitted by family and friends about how things have turned out for them in unexpected ways. Enjoy this week's episode. Welcome, everyone. We have a guest speaker today. Oh, do, do, do you want to take some guesses? Do I, do I, do I say something now? Um, <laughs> it's Austin Metcalf, and let me tell you, me and Austin go way back to a party back in like July. Um, I saw this guy way sitting back. on the couch, and then I started talking to him, and then we talked, and turns out I actually went on a date with his older brother. Yeah, Alyssa, and I, you were. I was there. Roommate, I was there. Wait, you were, and, um, you were both present. Well, we did a double there. date. It was Alyssa, your brother's friend, me, and your brother. Oh no, kidding! And we all did some golfing, right? Didn't we golf? Do you remember that? <laughs> we went to a driving. Yeah. Range. <laughs> oh, time well spent for you guys. Yeah. So a couple years later, that was back in 2016. I met his brother, and now he's on our podcast. Welcome, Austin. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, we're really so nice. excited. It's really nice to be here. Well, we're so excited to have you. So before we get into our topic, which is very exciting, let's kind of hear about a little bit about your background. Tell us everything. The juicy stuff. The, the juicy general details that we need to Please. know. Where did you go to school? Um, Where study? were you born? Where did you go to school? How Where'd many siblings? Oh, just kidding. You know, you have one. Just kidding. I don't know. <laughs> at, at, at least one. Um, yeah, I'll give you uh, the very Reader's Digest version. Um, I was born in Mesa, Arizona. Uh, we, we moved when I was about five, almost six, to Draper, Utah. Um, and I lived there ever since. I went to Alta High School, then I went on a mission to Spokane, Washington, and then I came home and I went to Utah Valley University, and I graduated there in communications, and now I live in Pleasant Grove, Utah. Awesome. Um, Wow, so many similarities. I am currently in the Mesa area. That's where I live. And my all my cousins or my cousins on my mom's side went to Alta. No kidding. And I studied communications. Look at that's, this. That's why we're communicating <laughs> so well right now. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay, we um yeah. we all three studied communications. And do you guys? Oh yeah, we do all you guys did. Ever get? Because you were like, "What did you study in school?" I'm like, "Oh, communications." They're like, "Oh, so you must be really good at communicating." They literally think it's like some <laughs> form of like therapy or something where you learn how to communicate. Oh. I don't. I don't understand. I've never. And then I feel bad because I'm like, "No, it's not. It's marketing." I'm like, "Oh wait, that's a really sassy." I'm like, sorry, no, it's marketing. <laughs> it's more than that. <laughs> So that's anyway. funny. I've never, nobody's ever said oh, that to me, but yeah. it's probably just because they're like, yeah, there's no way. Stop. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> but because we're all in calm, um, you know, just because we're, you know, short answer, calm. Um, but we've all taken public speaking classes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, correct. But Austin is actually the pro. <laughs> so public speaking but pro. yes so he's gonna just kind of dive right in and teach us how to be pro public speaker speakers so. yeah because i don't know about you guys but public speaking is not fun <laughs> um, but you're so good at it so no i'm not i'm so bad at it so i can use all the tips i can get yes. so let's hear austin what is the recipe for Ooh, success the recipe for, like for success um <laughs> no it's well it's funny you say that um a lot of 
people would probably answer pretty similarly. I mean, I think I read a like a study once, like most people fear public speaking over death. Like, I don't know, it gives people butterflies. It's just, uh, it's weird to be in the front worst. of the masses. Yeah, it frightens people. Um, it's not like I always loved it. You know, I can still remember you know, not to make this all church centered, but like, even as like a teenager, you know, like growing up in the church, like I was always super scared of giving those like five minute teenager talks that the bishop asked you to give, you know? And it's like, I look back on that, like, boy, five minutes is nothing. Like I can do that, you know, every day of the week. But back then, you know, it just, it just freaked you out being in front of people. And so when I went on my mission, um, it it was actually even before my college education, I just, I would watch like, general authorities, you know, in general conference, and even like my mission president, whenever they would speak, and I would think like, gosh, like, people are so good at public speaking, like they have a way of commanding your attention. And I really wanted that for myself. And so I was like, I'm just gonna start like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just gonna start copying people that I think are good at public speaking. And I'll just like, I don't know, plagiarize their methods, so to speak. <laughs> so, so that's what really got me into it. And so like yeah. every area I went to on my mission, I like actively like sought out the bishop and I said, when's the next opportunity I can speak in sacrament what? meeting? And so- Are you serious? Yeah, I, I sought he it out. He loved that. And I, I'm sure the bishop loved it, yeah. Um, so it was good for me. Like, it, I mean, you just conquer it by doing it. So um, I came to love public speech. There's something about it that like, really you know it gets me up in the morning um probably because i don't know brooke like you met me at a party i'm a little more like reserved in social settings i'm not like a super big personality but (laughs) but i don't know there's something about like a a public forum that i kind of thrive in because i feel like i don't have to i don't know like compete for like a social setting dominance it's like Hey, this is a formal meeting where people aren't going to speak over me or we have to like compete for attention like this is my time to speak and <laughs> and you're gonna listen that sounds like a dictator yeah. but you know you know what i'm saying like yeah totally get so, that. so anyways that's that's my background on how i came to enjoy it so that's awesome that you you wanted to be better at this and so and it's because yeah you are so chill <laughs> so i when you're like yeah I like public speaking i'm like wait really because because you're not because i feel like a public speaker is someone that's just like so demanding like, attention all the time right exactly so what what's your personality like you're more of like a i don't even know introvert slash secret extrovert <laughs> undercover extrovert <Closet> extrovert <laughs> i love that Alyssa. <laughs> Cause so that's, that's so fun to me though, that you just, you just really like speaking. Yeah. I, I love speech. Uh, cause I have a lot to say. And so I, I enjoy having people's attention and getting, getting to be able to say that. So anyways, I've spoken enough about the background. We can uh, dive into some more technical points if you want to. <laughs> Perfect. Just before we continue, I have. I mean, I just like what you said a lot where you said that you didn't always like public speaking. That gives me hope <laughs> because I feel like that means that you don't have to be born with the talent of public speaking. You, it's something, it's a skill that you can work on and improve. So is, do you feel like you learned the most in your classes about public speaking or was it really just more experience-based? For me, it was probably more experience-based. I mean, the, the classes definitely helped and um, I, ha- I had a, some, some good professors, I think, but 
Um, I do think experience is the best teacher, and so that's why I, you know, actively sought out opportunities, and I still do. Um, every ward I go to, I, I ask the bishop, I say, when's, when's the next chance I can speak? Um, so wow. I think that's, that's just conquering your fear. I mean, just, yeah. just go, out, go, out, go out and do it, so. What do you, okay, so when you're given a topic that you don't necessarily like, do you still like public speaking? Because I feel like if I like the topic, then I'm like, oh, I, I'm, I'm so excited and all these things. But then if I don't like the topic, I'm like, I really I can't do this talk. <laughs> I don't want to or I don't want to do this lesson because I'm not excited about the topic. Yeah. So like, or do you feel like you like every topic? Well, I mean, gosh, I uh, probably there's going to be topics out there that I don't love or enjoy, but I've never encountered one yet. Like. Again, I mean, I keep coming back to church scenarios because that's that's where a lot of experience no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> comes from. But, you know, even in like my old YSA ward, like I they asked me to be, you know, a gospel doctrine teacher. And uh, those those are kind of tough because those, well, at least back then, you know, pre-COVID, yeah. like those those lessons are like 45, 50 minutes. And so being able to right. uh, talk quite a while about these subjects and especially if you know, you're talking about like Old Testament stuff. I mean, these, these things are kind of scary because it's, they're not topics I claim to be super knowledgeable about. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there's topics that are, that, are, that are easier than others, but I always come to enjoy it because, you know, they always say like the person who's teaching it ends up learning the most. And so even yeah. teaching like the Old Testament, I always found like, man, I'm learning so much. And so as you, you know, get to kind of regurgitate that in speech, um, you kind of get a show off <laughs> everything you learn, so to speak, you know, not to make it about me, but so I don't know. Yeah. I mean, th things are easier than others, but I always end up enjoying it afterwards. It's amazing. That's so amazing. Yeah, <laughs> also kind know. of a bummer. So. That means I have to get experience if I want to get better. I just wanted it to come to me. <laughs> I wanted to read a book <laughs> and just know everything. <laughs> me too. Me too. Seriously. Okay. So what are your tips on public speaking then? Um, my tips, I've, I've broken them down into five points here, um, and it, it's a consolidation of things from experience as well as things from my classes. So the first one I kind of thought out was pretty much just knowing your audience. Um, essentially, like, what is your topic and who are you giving it to? That counts for quite a bit if, uh, you know, I, I don't want to give a conservative speech to people who are on the left and vice versa. So if that makes any sense, you got to know who you're talking to and you yeah. have to, you have to cater it to them. All right. So I'm t say we're talking to a young single adult war. <laughs> a young single adult war. How yeah. do you cater to the singles? Some jokes, some single jokes, dating jokes in there. You know, slip them in. Yes. Yeah. No, that's good. I mean, I, I think flirt a little on the stand, a little wink, flirt a little bit. See, see, you guys already know you've got it all down. Um, yeah, for me, I would say with youth, um, you have to be mindful. Well, it kind of leads in my second point, but catering to your audience would probably be more time centered. You can easily lose the audience when you're not mindful of your time frames. Um, yeah, because I, I don't know. It's just kind of a millennial thing. As you get into like Gen Z, like attention spans are short. Like you have to be concise and you have to be direct. And so you're going to lose your audience if you're not doing those things. I remember a public speaking class. Um, my teacher said that you have, I think it was 15 seconds to capture your audience's attention. In the beginning? And then if, in the beginning, sorry. Yeah, at the very beginning. 
And I was like, that's really stressful. Yeah. And that's probably why people start off with jokes or like just really stories out <laughs> and the beginning stories or yeah, just says, and you think about it too. It, you're, it's like a first impression. You get up there and it's like, if you're boring, right? I'm automatically, I'm the, I'm the worst. I'm like, all right, checked out. Like <laughs> getting on my phone. I'm the worst, but you literally, <laughs> I mean, you only have a certain amount of time, yeah. so no pressure, <laughs> but am I right, Austin? Or am I right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like I have one choice, but yes, you are correct. <laughs> <laughs> wait do you not watch she's the man that's a joke from it's okay she, it's fine <laughs> anyways so the second piece we already kind of covered i was, it was it was know your time frames um and to be more specific like well we're just going to keep rolling with the church setting <laughs> so perfect yeah so for example if you are not able to adapt to your time frames again like you're, you're gonna lose your audience and what i mean is if people come into like a sacrament meeting and they know okay like the meeting ends at the hour or maybe you know five after if you are the third speaker and you stand up and maybe the second speaker was a little long-winded and you've prepared a 15-minute talk but you have five minutes left don't give your 15 minute talk. Like, you're just going to have to adapt to the situation because the moment yeah. five after hits the audience or the congregation, sorry, is going to be like, I'm out, you know, mentally, like, when does this meeting end? Like you promised me, you know, five after the hour and now we're 15 after the hour. So don't just always watch the clock, be mindful of the situation, be able to adapt to your time frames. That's kind of my second point. That makes so much sense because we've all been in those meetings that just go on like even if it's like three minutes after like we're all just like getting tense <laughs> you know like we need yeah. to go which i mean that's yeah. probably not the best attitude but and but but i think about it too so i love aerobics and i love going to the classes and if the teacher yeah if they if they go over and we're stretching people just leave and I'm like, um, guys, it's really important to stretch, yeah. but like people just give up on you. Yeah. They're like the instructor. They're in the, yeah, it's not as professional if they're like, okay, they end on time. Yeah. And so, cause yeah, no one wants to be there. Everyone's busy. So anyways, and I know it's hard it to aerobics. Yeah. Yes. And I know it's hard too, because sometimes when you put in all the preparation, it's like, dang it. Like I want to share everything. And so it's tempting not just to like rush right. through True. it and just try to get all the information out. So that's. That's good information that we just need to stick to the time no matter what and consolidate maybe your most important or your most important points. So that is great so advice. true. Okay, actually next question though too is when you're up there yeah. <laughs> for church we'll say <laughs> and the the bishop or someone's like, Actually, um I I gave you like fifteen minutes, but I need you to actually speak for like 35 minutes or something how do you it's like um sorry am i supposed to ramble here (laughs) like what do you what do you do like when i guess as you prepare you are do you plan way more or what if the person in front of you only takes up two minutes and they're supposed to take up 15 oh my gosh that will literally be i would be like peace out bishop Um, Good luck with that. <laughs> no, I, I, I think that's a great question. It's definitely the more difficult of the two scenarios. Um, so I, w- I would yeah. say like when you're planning and we're just rolling with the church thing, when you're planning like your talk and then maybe you ask your bishop like, well, well, how much time am I taking? If he says 15 minutes, I would say like, go ahead and prepare 25 minutes. And then if it just ends up being 15 minutes, like I'll just give him the meat and potatoes of everything you prepared and then you're good. Like you always want to be overprepared. So that would okay well have you had an experience like this before on the mission or something yeah for sure um you know because like in in the mission field like i 
So I, w I was assigned as a Spanish missionary, and so like I would speak in Spanish branches, and you know, if, if you're training somebody who doesn't have a great grasp of Spanish, and you know, they're supposed to give a talk, but uh, you feel bad for them, they can only get through like five or 10 minutes, and that's it. Uh, you have to adapt, and especially in Spanish, it's not easy, but yeah, again, that, it's just experience is the best teacher, and those are, that's where I kind of learned like, hey, you gotta, you gotta be over-prepared in these scenarios, or you're gonna kind of look like a deer in the headlights up there. Um, Definitely. So yeah, yeah, I, I kind of learned the hard way <laughs> in some of those. But I, but I can only imagine though, like having to, that would be just way too hard for me. Giving a talk in Spanish, that I would feel so vulnerable and like that, <laughs> Elisa, did you have to give a talk? I'm assuming you did. Oh, all the time, G on the spot. Are like, you? Oh, I, had, <gasps> I was serving in this one area and <laughs> the counselor who assigned talks loved to pick, like to make fun or like to pick on me. Not make fun of me, but he oh. would just always be like, hey, I might ask you to give a talk today. He would say that all the time, and, like, he would. <laughs> I had to give so many talks in that word. I was like, okay, I just had one prepared at all times just in case, but it was so scary because I was like, oh, my gosh, and, like, I would usually be, like, the last one to speak, and so I would have to fill the time in Spanish. That was very <gasps> stressful, but we got through Wait, it. I can't believe you. That is <laughs> crazy so much anxiety oh yeah so much anxiety yeah towards the end of my mission i was like i can do anything <laughs> yeah <laughs> you actually can't you have so much experience yeah. like austin was talking about yeah. experience yeah. Bam. i guess you i got lost it girl i don't think uh, i don't think you're giving yourself enough credit sounds like <laughs> that's like you did great um oh, see that's, wow that's austin's nice, building you up it's true <laughs> it's, it's true it's the truth that's very uh, very nice that's a, that's a good little point you added in there where uh, you just kind of had like a pocket talk, you know, ready for, yeah. you know, just spontaneous instances. Um, yeah. That's, I don't know if like you did this on, you know, your mission. Like I would write talks like in my head, like as I was tracting or something that was a little more where you just don't have a lot going on. If you're just like walking down the sidewalk and oh, yeah. you're not talking That's to your awesome. companion or something or maybe you're riding your bike to somewhere and, and so you're just kind of like free in thought like I would always write talks like in my head and I would think like all right if if I was supposed to talk on this subject like what would I say about it and so I just kind of like think it out that way so similar to like what you were saying kind of have like pocket talks in my head That's for something, awesome. some, something holstered for a moment that you need it you know yeah I mean that takes so much of the anxiety away right there. That's amazing. I never did that. I probably should have. That would have been very helpful <laughs> for me. But but you both have experience writing the talks and like thinking about it. And that in itself is so good because I think to me personally is just the hardest is writing the talk. Presenting it it's not as bad, but writing it I'm like I don't I have so many thoughts and it's just hard. So that's amazing you both have experience of just writing it and thinking about it. And that's probably why you were also given so many experiences just because God <laughs> was like repairing you to be like, "Hey, all these thoughts of like writing your talks out." So I would much anyways. rather write a talk than deliver it. Anyway. <laughs> okay, Alyssa, anyway. you write my talks, Deal. I will deliver them. Deal. You deliver done. my talks then. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Done. <laughs> Done and done. Love Did it. you? Okay, I'm sorry. We're straying. Sorry. What were we gonna say, Austin? No, I, I like how you guys are tag teaming that. That's that's, <laughs> that's, that's good teamwork. Yeah. But have you guys had to give a talk during Zoom this like last year or anything? Mm -mm. Like a Zoom talk? No, no one ever asked me to. Not yet. I have to okay. next month, I think. 
<gasps> Wait, are you serious? Well, I gave a talk in church already, but it was when we could go to church. But now I'm in the primary, and so I have to give a sharing time on Facebook for the whole ward for the primary to look at. Whoa. Wow, that's a good thing we're that's talking scary. about this right I know, now. I need <laughs> this. It's a good thing we're talking about it. I need this. Wow. So what's the next thing? The next yes. important bullet okay. point. Um, the third one, uh, I kind of just labeled it language. Uh, language counts for something. And what I mean by that is when you're in, when you're in a formal setting and you're in front of people, especially peers and colleagues and people you want to respect you, you want to use digni- dignified language. Uh, so you want to avoid slang and, and any kind of street talk or ebonics. Like you just kind of steer clear of that stuff. Um, you, you're going to lose respect of people, or at least I don't I don't want to be like too harsh about that. But people, I think, just generally take you less seriously when you're not being very dignified about the way you say something. So that's right. that's kind of the point, is just language counts for something in your talks. So I don't know how else to say it. Um, no, the, that's the, perfect. That's good. That's good. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. That makes sense. It does. The, un- underneath the same umbrella, there, there was an, ex- well, not an experience. I was just watching this interview one time, and a lot of people, when they think about good speakers, like maybe your mind kind of jumps to like narrators, good narrators, you might think of uh, Anthony Hopkins or maybe like Morgan Freeman, guys who are always in like TV shows or movies as like, you know, narrating background and, and talking over people. If, if you ever listen to those guys, you kind of notice like they sound very dignified and they enunciate their words very well. In this interview with like Morgan Freeman I saw one time, he actually said that specific thing. He said, enunciation counts for a lot. Don't don't rush through the language. Don't slur your speech. Like enunciate words, speak clearly, be dignified, and it commands people's attention. That's amazing. I love that. Yeah, and I feel like it totally speaks to the credibility of your message too when you're using like the proper language. So that's right. a really good tip. That's right. awesome. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Okay, so my mission president would us wouldn't let us speak patois on the mission. My mission president was Jamaican. And he told us that we could not speak Patois. And it was actually a bummer because we're like, what? If the members love when we speak Patois to them. <laughs> but it's just like, I guess it doesn't bring the spirit. I, I mean, I don't, it's not, yeah, it's important. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's not an official language. So gotcha. anyways, wow. that's interesting. So, but, and, but yeah, so we would have to, yeah, we just could only speak, speak like this. <laughs> <laughs> so, but anyways. But yeah, but I mean, it makes sense because yeah, as missionaries, you represent the church and Jesus Christ. So yeah, yeah we want to be as dignified as we can. Sure. So I, that makes sense. Do you have any tips for not rushing? That's a problem that I have. I think when I Ooh. am giving a talk, <laughs> I tend to want to just get it over with. And so I go really fast. Um, and is there anything that too. I could do to slow myself down? Amen. Literally. Amen. <laughs> I probably am one of the fastest talkers in this yeah, universe. Yeah, you are. You are. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> No, it's, it's, it's a good question. It's kind of tough to answer in any direct fashion other than just practice. Work on it, it, it think about it. it. Yeah, it, you know, like, man, we do <laughs> keep bringing up like missionary stuff. Like, like you know how preaching my gospel will say, like, be comfortable with silence. So just oh, yeah. be kind of conscious of how fast you're speaking and if you're using a lot of like filling sounds not to be hypocritical, I know I've said um, even within this podcast, but you want to avoid kind of filling space with, you know, ooh, um, ah, er, whatever. 
just yeah, slow yourself down, be comfortable with pauses and silence. If you can't think of like what you're going to say next, just just be okay with being a little bit silent. In fact, it might actually grab people's attention more. You know, the silence is kind of commanding in itself. So true. Uh, yeah, but, I was gonna say it's like it's storytelling. Yeah, silence it brings in people. Are like, yeah. Anyways, that makes sense. Yeah, I know that's not like maybe a direct answer to your question, but that's probably no, the best thing I could say. Yeah, that's perfect. So good. Um, and so now we're talking about filler words. Uh, oh, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yes, I remember a teacher. He we had to go up in a public speaking class and then all all the all our classmates had to write all our the filler words down and then they would give us the feedback like oh. hey brooke your filler words are like and so i love and so <laughs> i don't know why and then um so it's just really embarrassing but like when, yeah it's just it's just really enlightening to figure that out no no you're absolutely right and again i, I don't want to be a hypocrite i know like i've done it in somewhere in the last 10 minutes. Uh, but like, it's, it's part of the dignified speech. People probably give you less credibility and feel like you don't sound like you know what you're doing when you stand up and, right. and you're saying, um, and ah, and oh gosh, I lost my spot. Like, you know, those kind of things are like, yeah, totally credibility killers. So oh, yeah, no, so that, right. that, that's a good point. This is the fourth, fourth one. Okay. The uh, penultimate point I had. Uh, Ooh. It was to avoid apologies. And it's, it's kind of a minuscule point, but I thought it was kind of important. It's another thing that kills credibility, and I notice it a lot in speech. People will stand up who may, and I'm, I don't want to sound like unmerciful, because speech is hard, but, but people will stand up and they'll immediately start saying like, I'm really sorry about the talk I'm about to give. Like, I'm not good at public. Oh, don't hate that. You don't want to apologize to your audience before you've even gotten to your speech. You're going to lose them from the get go. Oh yeah. Even they're, they're already checked out. They're going to check out. And even if you're not a good public speaker, a lot of people aren't, it's nothing to be ashamed of. Just avoid it. Avoid apologies. You don't have to tell them you're a bad speaker. They'll figure it out if you are. <laughs> but but at least at least have some sort of confidence in standing up in front of people. You might get away with it. And they'll think, boy, they really knew what they were doing. And inside you didn't, but you got away with it. So just avoid avoid apologizing. And that's kind of the fourth point. <laughs> so. Great point. I, I just thought about, um, and I was trying to look it up real fast to see who said it, but there was, we'll say, a prophet that he said he's never been to a, a bad sacrament. Like, he's never oh, listened yeah. to a bad talk before. And if you think about it, too, if you really are genuine and you, like, prayed and you prepared your talk, then the Spirit will come through. So, you're, you know, so then people can recognize that, who's genuine or not. And, and I appreciate that, too. Like, when, yeah, if people come up and say, hey, like... Sorry, I just like 10 minutes ago, the bishop asked me to give this yes. talk. It's just like, but if you think about it, if you like read your scriptures and you have a testimony, then the spirit will just speak through. And that's another thing <laughs> too. Um, uh, what's his name? Elder Cornish. He was um, over my mission in Jamaica. And he said that when you give a talk, you're representing Christ and so you should never be scared because it's not people focusing on you it's people focusing on the message and that really got to me because it's like oh, wow <laughs> that's actually makes me feel bad because I'm always like oh my gosh I'm so nervous yeah. 
but yeah, but when you're actually, but yeah, talking about like the gospel and giving talks in church, it's, you're talking, think about the message and how you want to help touch people's lives. And it's not about you. And hopefully you know, people aren't looking at, I like, you know, people really aren't looking at you. They're just there to learn. People go to church to learn more about Christ. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, that's awesome. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, that's great. I love that. Uh, so the, the last point, actually you kind of touched on it really. It's, the fifth point is really just kind of sincerity. Uh, people relate well to sincerity. It's it's very humbling to hear people be honest and open and something that they can relate to and they don't relate to people who are disingenuous about the message. So if, when you're preparing any kind of speech, you don't want to say something that people just want to hear. Like you should be genuine in what you're sharing. So either, you know, share, when you're sharing personal stories, just people relate to that. You don't have to get up and say, gosh, this is what I think you're going to want to hear. <laughs> you know, it, it, that's patronizing. Don't, you don't have to do that. Be, be genuine in what you have to say. It's a little more abstract of a point, but I think it's important. I love it. No, that's it makes sense so because People true. pick up on it. Yeah. I was, I, I think it was like the last time Alyssa and I were talking was just that you can tell if someone is actually genuinely interested in your conversation or like, and if they want to be there. And so you can pick up on that, even yeah. just with like social, like your hands, you know, and like you can tell body someone's language. nervous, but if they keep like playing with their hair, yeah, body language, thank you. It's like, <laughs> yeah. anyways, I like what you're saying. Those are such good points. Yeah, yeah. Love um, it. yeah I, like, I like that you brought up the body language thing um, because if we're being honest, I think eye contact falls into that quite a bit, and it also. Ooh, and, that's hard. It also, eye contact is so hard. <laughs> eye contact is difficult, uh, but it also like ipso facto. It involves like not reading your talk. I can't remember actually the last time I wrote down a talk. I make it kind of a point to say everything I have from the heart. So every time like I ask a bishop, Whoa. can I give a talk? Like. I get up there, I don't have any notes, I just have my scriptures. If there's something I need to quote, like I'll turn to the scripture, but yeah, everything just comes from the heart. So you wanna do the best you can not to read things. And people find it very genuine when you can do that. I find it amazing. I'm always like, what in the world? This person hasn't looked down once. I'm so impressed by that. That's something that I for <laughs> yeah. sure need to work on. I feel like I've gone finally from like typing everything out to bullet points now so I'm on the bullet point phase of my talk skills <laughs> but you know we're working on it someday yeah. I will get yeah. to that level yeah yeah my my dad when he became stake president he went to the stake president conference or something years ago and I think it was elder cook that came and like helped the conference what do I say delivered it put on the conference not really but you know what I'm trying to say Anyway, so Elder Cook, he said, yeah, don't write out your talk. Because he, he said that's the spirit, that's the only way he can speak through you is if, you know, you're not like reading word for word. But as you just are up there and you're confident, you study it ahead of time, the spirit, that's the opportunity that it is just, you know, you can just say what God wants you to say. Yeah. So <laughs> I thought that was such good advice, but it's also so scary and it takes a bunch of faith, I feel like, just to get up there and just be like, okay. Here we go. Spirit, take it away. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's totally okay to start out reading. Like, by all means, yeah. like, you're giving a talk, so that's amazing in the first place. But, like, yeah, just to try to work on kind of 
looking up and then okay if I'm looking up okay next time maybe I can just memorize some bullet points and I'll look down just for the I don't know I feel like it's a whole process but that's a really yeah. interesting I feel like point 